Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Raines, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Today we are in chapter five of Exodus, and I just love this chapter. I love every chapter. I say that. I just love this chapter. Um, And I decided actually to do chapter five and six together because they're so um, rich in so much of the same um, content. I feel like some of the same messaging that I really wanted to focus in that. So in Exodus five, let's talk a little bit about Pharaoh. And his response to Aaron and Moses, instead of obeying God, what does he do? He makes things even harder on the Israelites, doesn't he? Let's start in verse one. Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Go back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous, and you are stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy, and that is why they're crying out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to the lies. Wow. So can you imagine Moses and God had warned him, didn't he, that Pharaoh would harden his heart. Moses goes, he believes God's called him to do this. He knows that he has, and that was not the outcome that he had in mind. He made them collect their own straw. The quota stayed the same. And why? I believe if you think of why Pharaoh would do something, he acknowledged that um, these, he was concerned that these people were outnumbering them and that if if they knew that there was a God that was above him and that he acknowledged it, that he himself would be seen as less than. He was so prideful and he wanted them to see him as their God. So he said no. And then he made it worse. So in man's eyes, it looked like it backfired, didn't it? And how often do we in our human endeavors do what God's called us to do and it doesn't work out? And you're like, God, really? Really? (laughs) Um, How can it be? And You know, God tells us to follow his instructions and he told Aaron and Moses to follow his instructions in return. Pharaoh just 
makes things worse. And oftentimes we as humans do the same thing, don't we? God gives us instructions and instead of following them, we go the opposite direction. And then if we fail a little bit, then we feel like we're not good enough. The enemy loves to use that lie with us. Oh, look, you already messed up. So what, what good is it to be good? And I, I remember as a parent, um, and even thinking of this as, you know, Pharaoh's rebellion against God, think of when my kids, especially one in particular teen was a teenager. I remember telling that child, like, look, you need to do this or this. And if I told them to right, they would go left. If I told them to go forward, they go backwards. Like whatever was responded in the opposite. They were so defiant. They didn't want anything to do with any parental guidance or, um, you know, parenting. They felt like, oh, they were 15 and they were adults and they should. And it just seemed like it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I kept seeking the Lord and seeking the Lord and just experiencing this total defiance, just like Pharaoh's defying God when they're warning him. And he still says, nope. And now not only that, I'm going to make it worse. It's kind of how I felt like my child would be to me when I would deal with them. And oh my gosh, it was so frustrating, so frustrating, just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And sometimes it's felt so hopeless and it felt so um, just, gosh, hopeless. <laughs> hopeless was the word I keep landing. Like it was so painful and so hopeless, but I knew it wasn't. I kept seeking the Lord and I keep trusting the word, kept going, okay, Lord, your word says the mother's prayer will, will avail much. I, I need you to, I need you to respond here. And I would just beg him to change my child's life and future. And of course he answered and I'm so thankful he did, but it wasn't in the timing that I wanted. And it wasn't the plan that I wanted for that child. And I really struggled with that. And I think of um, Moses in this, can you imagine he's obeying God, doing everything God's called him to do. And yet he goes to Pharaoh, does what he's asked to do. And that's the response he gets. Can you imagine Moses kind of going like, God, really, really? Like I did what you told me to do. Look what's happening. Why? Now it's, now it's worse. Look at my people. Look at the struggles they're suffering. And um, I remember doing the same thing. Like, really, God, this is what you wanted? Like, what am I going to do with my child? What are you doing with, his, with him? I know you love him. I know the word says that, but right now I'm not feeling it. And how often in our lives do we feel that way? And if we get real and raw with God, I believe he wants us to be real and raw because he wants intimacy. In order to be intimate with someone, you have to be what? You have to be real. You have to be raw. You have to be vulnerable. He wants us to come to him with our vulnerabilities. He wants us to come to him with the heartache. And because he knows, he knows us. He loves us so intimately. He knows what we're dealing with. I remember I was just so devastated that my child would choose the wrong path. I was so devastated that my child was not living up to their full potential. I was so devastated. And, but so fearful for him too. So fearful for my child to not be all that God's called him to be or not have an intimate relationship with Christ. Cause more than anything as a mom, that's my greatest desire. Not how much money they make, not how much they succeed financially, but 
how in love they are with Jesus, how they live for God, because I know that's the only place any of my children, grandchildren, or anyone else is going to have true peace and true joy. And I want that for my kids. And so it was heartbreaking. And um, there were times I just didn't see God working and I didn't feel him working, but I just had to go, okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. And I would stand on the word Jeremiah 29, 11 was, you know, one of my favorite verses, but also in 29, 12 and 29, 13, because he says, not only he's given us a future and hope, but he also talks about if we seek him, we will find him. If we pray, he will hear our prayers. And so I had to stand on the scriptures over and over and so many other scriptures as well. Um, but he knew exactly what he was doing, just like right now in chapter five, he knows exactly what he's doing with Pharaoh and with Moses and with Aaron. When things seems like they just can't get any worse in our lives. And, you know, even Moses like, really, God, this is what now it's worse for them. Now they're in, they're being treated even worse. We have to remember who God is. He's Jehovah. He's Yahweh. He's God almighty. And we have to trust him completely in our despair. He's the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient, the powerful God. We have direct access. All we have to do is seek him. All we have to do is reach out to him. He's there and he hears our cries. And when we seek him, we will find him. So I just want to remind you of how powerful and how many times did the Lord say that in this scripture? Look in chapter five and six. How many times did God say, I am? We simply need to take our burdens to him. We simply need to trust him and remember that he is in control, even when we don't see the evidence. Because when you look in the scripture in five, it sure didn't seem like it was working when Moses went to talk to Pharaoh, did it? It looked like it had all backfired. But yet God says, I am sovereign. I am the Al Shaddai. I am, I am, I am. So you watch Moses, like all great leaders in this time. And what we need to do as well, God took his burdens to, I mean, Moses took his burdens to the Lord. If you read verses 5, 1 through 6, 27, Moses had major, major challenges on his hands, but yet he took it all to God. So number one, he had to convince his people to follow him, let alone Pharaoh and all. He had to convince his own people to follow him. And do you think if their burdens being made even heavier, that they're going to want to follow this guy who now just caused them to have to work even harder? That was a huge, huge thing for him to have to do. Second thing he had to do was convince Pharaoh. He had to convince Pharaoh to allow his people to go worship God. Pharaoh was not about to do that. He was not about to let the people, number one, he wanted to keep control over them. Number two, he did not want any God being worshiped above him. Third thing Moses had to do is he had to plan the mobilization once Pharaoh said yes, because he knew Pharaoh was going to say yes. So he had to have a plan of action. Imagine the plan of action and what it took to get all those people moving. It was a huge undertaking. The magnitude was huge. So he had to plan, he had to plan ahead. He had to have a strategy. He had to deal with Pharaoh and all his difficulties and all that he was doing. 
because he was trying to turn the people against Moses and Aaron, wasn't he? He knew exactly what he was doing. He had a plan to destroy Moses and Aaron's credibility by telling them it was their fault and telling the people it was their fault that they were suffering more because these guys were causing it for them. So it made it even more difficult for Moses and Aaron to achieve what God had called them to do. But yet God is sovereign. And when you think about how even in that time when um, he was dealing with Pharaoh, who's trying to turn the people against him, the people, instead of coming to them in the chain of command, what did they do? They went to Pharaoh instead of coming to Moses and Aaron because they were angry that this was happening to them. So they went to Pharaoh to plead their case. And what did he do? He tried to turn them even further against him. And then the other thing he had to do is he had to follow God's instructions every single step of the way. And God gave him the tools. God gave him the miracles. God gave them what they needed. But they had some big undertakings. They had big challenges. But yet God was sovereign and he showed himself sovereign. And he he led them in every step of the way. And I believe that if we seek him intimately, when we're making our plans, because when God calls you to do anything, whether it's stay home and take care of your kids, whether it's building a business, whether it's building a ministry, whatever he's calling you to do, you have to plan ahead. Cause if you don't plan for it, then you're just chasing the tail all the time, trying to catch up. So it's either you're going to either lead or it's going to lead you. So you really want to be leading your life versus your life leading you. And um, there's an acronym that has, you know, many, many leaders have used for years and years and years. um, And it's plan ahead. It's because strategy and planning are key to really being successful. So plan ahead. The P stands for predetermine your action. First, you got to know where you're going. You need to know where you're going. Number two is lay out your goals. What is it you want to achieve where you're going? Lay it out. Understand where it is you want to be and what you want to achieve. A, adjust your priorities. You're going to have to adjust your priorities in order to achieve what you've been called to achieve. So look at your schedule. Look at your calendar. What do you need to prioritize? What do you need to move out of the way? Maybe clear your calendar. Maybe clear some finances. Clear some time in order to achieve what God's called you to do. N is notify key personnel. If you're a one-man show, notify yourself, I guess. (laughs) Um, There's many people that are one-person business. And so who are you going to notify? The people that you work with, you're still working with other individuals. When you are a one-man business, one-woman business, you still have people that are around you, whether it's the leaders around you, the people you outsource to, the people that are helping you lead, your mentor. You want to make sure that they're on board with you because you want some accountability. Um, Not only do you want to notify your personnel so they know where they're going, if you're a team leader, you want to make sure, even as a family leader, it's really good for you as a family, your husband and you, to really plan out where is it that you want to be as a family and notify the kids. Let them know what your goals are. Let them know what your family um, plan is. I remember having a contract with my kids so that they knew what the expectations were, so that there it was clear, these are the boundaries and you must follow them. 
And these are the consequences if you don't, because then it was clear. So notifying key personnel and them knowing what those outcomes and goals are and what the expectations are are key. So looking at ahead, allow time for success. Sometimes success doesn't happen as fast as we want it to. And I know that's one of the greatest frustrations for leaders because we want it, we want it now, especially if you're a visionary. I have this vision, I want it to get accomplished now. Don't get discouraged when it does not happen as fast as you would like. I And I use my analogy all the time of climbing mountains. When I got to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro to base camp Everest, Mount Kalabatar, which was above base camp Everest, it took me one step at a time, day after day, taking one step at a time, one breath at a time. I accomplished the goal, but I would have much rather ran up the hill and got it over with and got down. I would have died had I done that. And oftentimes leaders and their businesses and ministries try to do the same thing. So allow time for people around you to accept what is going on so that they can buy into it as well. You can't do everything in a day. And then the H is head into action. Once you're in action, you want everyone in action with you. You want them to know where you were going. You want to have the, um, the plan bought into and then head into action. And the E, expect problems. You're always going to have problems. That's just life. That's reality. Expect problems. Anticipate the things that could go wrong so that you plan ahead for any negative things that happen. Right now, my husband's building a big business. I mean, he has a whole strategy for everything that could go wrong. How do we manage it? That You have to have strategy around issues so that when they do come up, you've already got a plan of action. Okay, this happens wrong. This is what we're going to do. Think about a helicopter pilot. They have, or an airplane pilot. They have all of their checklists, checklists, checklists. Okay, the engine fails. This is what we do. One, two, three, four, five. They know precisely what action to take if this happens. If this happens, we do this. One, two, three, four, five. Because they're expecting the problem so that if an emergency arises, they're not trying to figure it out in that moment of anxiety. They have it all pre-programmed in their head. They know it, and they practice it over and over those plans. A, always point to your successes. You're going to have failures and that's okay. You're going to grow from them. We all have failures. We all have grown from them. Focus on your successes. Don't focus on what you didn't achieve. Focus on what you did achieve because that's going to what's what's going to get you motivated for the next step. You've got to stay motivated when you're building. So in order to stay motivated, think about what you, what your success was, what did you achieve? And as always, you're always reviewing the progress. And that's what your D is daily review of the progress. You want to think about what is it that went well today? What went bad today? How do I omit those portions that I didn't like the way they transpired today and how do I focus on the successes that we did have and make those happen even more often so that daily you're looking at it. I actually, when I do my one-on-one -on -one coaching with executives, they actually score themselves on a daily basis. How did I do today? And um, it helps them with their time management because one of the greatest suckers of energy is time management. One of the greatest suckers of um, achievement is poor time management and um executives are the worst at this because they're oftentimes visionaries. And so they have to be intentional to focus. So when we think about Moses and, you know, he went to God and the Lord reminded him 
I am, I am, I am, I am. He assured him, I will. He reminded him of his covenant name, Jehovah, in 6.3. God reminds him that he's Jehovah. How often do we, you know, not see the results and, you know, thinking about planning ahead, if we don't see the results instantly, we just give up or we question God, or are you sure, God, is this really what you want? Well, if we're evaluating on a daily basis, we can look at that and go, you know what? I know that God's called me to this and we're intentional and we're in prayer with the Lord and we're coming to him saying, look, I had these struggles yesterday. How would you have me to fix those? And watch, he's going to give you wisdom in those and it'll come to you. In Exodus 6, 9 to 13, he commanded Moses, what? To go speak to Pharaoh again. And what did, what did Moses respond with? In 6, 14 to um, 6, 27, what does God talk about? He talks about the genealogy in that part of the, in the last part of 6. I believe that he's, showing you that because he wants to remind you that God has prepared Moses. Moses really didn't want to go back to talk to him. Not really, but yet he shows you in the genealogy. Look, I prepared Moses and Aaron for their ministry in Egypt before. And God says in his word, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah one, five, the Lord prepared each generation for that moment he's prepared your life each generation for this moment he has prepared you for what he's called you to do he's prepared one step at a time all of your past history your pain your joy your strengths your um, abilities they're all from the lord and the pains that you've had i don't believe god's caused many of those pains I believe he's allowed them in your life for a purpose and a plan. He's going to use them. I believe you've got a great future. And I believe that God is also going to enable you to do everything that he has began in you. Because he says he always completes what he starts. Ephesians 2.10, for for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things that he planned for us so long ago. That's our key scripture for all of Masterpiece Women because number one, I want each of you to know you are his masterpiece, that the Lord wants you to be renewed in him so that we can go do the work that he planned, not our plans, his plans. He's planned for us so long ago. And in Philippians 1, 6, he says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So he promises he will complete the work he started. He promises he'll give us everything we need to do what he's called us to do. So today I want you to reflect on a few questions Are there any areas in your life that you continue to behave like Pharaoh? I don't want to behave like Pharaoh, do you? Pharaoh, pride. He wanted to be in charge. Are there areas you need to surrender to God and let God deal with you and let God be in control of that you've been trying to control? Self-sufficiency, pride. Do you doubt like Moses? Maybe it's more of an issue of doubting yourself or doubting God. 
in what areas of your life do you need to really surrender to God, whether it's um, those doubts, the pride, the self-reliance? What area of your life is God calling you to trust him more in and to surrender completely to his will and not your will? Has he called you on a mission? Do you have a plan? Using the acronym that I shared above, and it'll be at the bottom. um, I will have it in our um, podcast as well as our blog. Using that acronym, how can you plan ahead better so that you achieve more and you achieve what it is that God's calling you to do? Lots to think about today, ladies. Lots of good stuff today from God that I believe he's calling each of us to really consider, seek him, spend time with him and just listen, spend some time just listening and dig in the word and watch how he will provide all the answers. And he, he's got you girl. He's got everything planned out, even when it doesn't feel like it. Cause sometimes it doesn't think about Moses. He definitely did not feel like God was doing what he thought he was supposed to be doing in that moment, right? But he trusted him. He knew he was sovereign. And sometimes it feels that way in our lives too, doesn't it? So I'm going to encourage you to surrender it, give it to him and let him do his thing. Thank you for this day. Thank you for chapter five and chapter six of Exodus, Lord, in your word that it's so good and your promises are so good and you are the I am. You are the Jehovah, the Yahweh, Father, the omnipotent Father that we love and who adores us, who has great plans for us. And Lord, you know every hair on our head. You know everything you have planned. And thank you for that, Lord. We hunger to serve you. Give us a hunger and desire to read your word and spend time with you and journal and really truly um, implement what it is you've called us to do lord without fear without doubt without pride or self-sufficiency lord but your will not our will lord thank you for this time together and lord just use us like never before father in jesus name we pray amen amen and amen love you ladies